from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes? It is the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hope you all had a blessed and Merry Christmas yesterday. Sean Kelly here with you on this edition of the Black and Blue Report as we come to you from New Orleans today, back from the road trip. All is well, and uh, a little break there for the holidays as well. I missed you all, and again, hope that you had a very blessed and merry Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We're back to work today. The Saints have been back to work since yesterday, and the Pelicans are also back to work today. So it's full go over at Airline Drive. The two practice facilities are humming along this morning as the Saints get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now the Pelicans back home will look to build on some momentum from their road trip-ending win and tomorrow, tomorrow night hosts the Denver Nuggets at the New Orleans Arena. Basketball-wise, a little bit later in the show today, we'll visit with the television voice of the Pelicans. That's Joel Myers from Fox Sports New Orleans and the lead writer for Pelicans.com, Jim Eichenhofer. They'll stop by for a little roundtable before we get out of here today, and they'll preview the Monty Williams show, which I'll tell you more about as we wrap up today's program as well. On the Saints side, lots to talk about. Yesterday was Christmas Day, but for the Saints... It was a full-blown Wednesday, which means back on the practice field and back in front of the media yesterday. So both head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Drew Brees had their weekly visits with the uh, assembled media, even on the holiday. They're talking about, of course, uh, this weekend's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy, a lot, a lot at stake this NFL weekend. There are so many playoff scenarios still to be played out. Um, and the Saints are right there in that fold, and hopefully a win will solve a lot of the issues or questions at this time when the uh, Saints take on the Buccaneers at what is now a 325 kickoff time, Central at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All right, uh, speaking of Coach Payton, as we get into conversation today about the uh, Saints, uh, this was uh, Coach Payton yesterday kind of closing the book on the disappointing loss at Carolina and now looking forward uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Certainly uh, certainly, there's a, still a nasty taste in the mouth regarding that road loss last weekend, but uh, the focus need, seems to be, uh, says Coach Payton, where it needs to be. Listen, I think it was disappointing for all of us because you know, it, was, it was right there. Um, I think that recovery time, though, and, and understanding just from the way we practice today, understanding what's at stake right now, uh, you know, I, I think they, there, there's a, a good many of them that understand how hard it is to get this position and get a chance to win 11 games and play in the postseason. Uh, you know, I, I think today's meetings, today's practice was sharp, and uh, I, I think they understand the importance of it. I, I, I don't think this is a week where they can't recognize or can't understand. Any of us uh, can't value the importance of this game. This will be like a playoff game. As I mentioned, Sunday's game, which was originally a noon start, is now a 325 start that changes uh, perhaps your tailgating plans. It may enhance them. But as far as getting ready for this game against the Buccaneers, even with all that's on the line, Coach Payton was, uh, well, not really phased about the time change for Sunday afternoon's contest. I don't, I don't think, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel disappointed or upset that we were moved to the later slot. I, 
because there's there's so many different things that's going on that you know what game are you wanting to pay attention to and uh, so I, I don't I don't think that um, that really affects us at all I, I think coming off a road game playing later on uh, at home I, I'd prefer you know schedule wise so that that wasn't a big deal for us it's just making sure that we're coming in and I, our players understand that that they're you know for us to be in the postseason we've got to play well and win that's the one thing we can control. Not every team going into this weekend has that, so they'll handle that. You know, this weekend the Saints can clinch a playoff spot with a win and then with some help can perhaps be as high as the number two seed. If they lose, they'll need some help. All these scenarios are still out there, not only for the New Orleans Saints, but for so many teams around the National Football League. In a lot of these cases, in one sense it means whether or not you're in the postseason tournament, but the other situation, and this does regard the Saints, is whether or not you'll have a bye in the first week or whether you have to play the first week or whether or not you have to be home or on the road the first week. All those things to be decided in the final weekend. And I know for the NFL and its fans, that's very exciting stuff. But it does make for great conversation amongst uh, teams and coaching staffs around the league with what's to play for and the uniqueness of the NFL playoff situation. Uh, it, it seemed to me yesterday, listening to this uh, comment by head coach Sean Payton, that Really, it is what it is, and I don't mean to be too cliche about that. I don't think Coach does either when talking about how the NFL playoffs are set up and how that impacts this weekend's play. That was a big hot topic here for us. What was it, 2010? Uh, look, I think like anything else, you know, they lay out. The, I, I, I kind of like the way it's set up right now. You know, you might argue that we're one of the only sports with the buys. You know, you could add uh, a team or two, wild card team or two. There's going to be a handful that maybe don't make it that are playing well or have good records. But I I think, you know, we like anyone else, we just look at the schedule. What are the rules? What does it take to get in? And and then let's go, uh, let's go compete and, and make sure we give ourselves a chance to do that. So for this weekend, we're not really, I said this earlier, really looking at the scenarios, the records, you know, we're looking at playing our best game here and coming back home, taking advantage of what we get when we play at home and uh, playing a good football game. So that's head coach Sean Payton yesterday uh, with the media following the Wednesday practice. The injury report came out a bit later, and there was no talk uh, from coach uh, about any of the injuries uh, that the uh, Saints listed yesterday, and Drew Brees was on the injured list for the first time, as we found out late yesterday afternoon, limited with a knee. Now, again, it's Wednesday late in the season. I'm not going to read too much into it, but it was the first time that Drew was listed on a Saints injury report this season. Keep in mind, this is a guy that has not missed a start, so I'm not reading a whole lot more into it. Uh, Coach Payton, again, did not discuss it. Neither did Drew Brees, who uh, met with the media as usual on Wednesday. As a matter of fact, we'll get you uh, some uh, Drew Brees comments here in just a moment. This is the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Still to come today, the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, Andrew Asselford from Fox Sports Florida. As we mentioned, we'll talk some hoops with Joel Myers and Jim Eichenhofer a bit later. Stay with us. Drew Brees comes your way in just a minute. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Friday, December 27th, when the Denver Nuggets come to town. It's the year of the uniform at the New Orleans Arena, where the first 3,000 kids in attendance receive a Pelicans arm sleeve courtesy of Rouse's and Cotton's Wholesome Bakery. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m., with the Pelicans Fest pregame block party getting the fun underway at 5.30. Tickets start as low as $16 and are available by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. 
Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Still to come on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report, Jim Henderson, Andrew Asselford, uh, Joel Myers, and Jim Eichenhofer. Welcome back to the program. I'm Sean Kelly. Hope you're having a blessed uh, and uh, merry Christmas season. And uh, good to be back to work today for a lot of those uh, covering the uh, Saints and the Pelicans. All right, as we mentioned yesterday, Drew Brees did meet with the media. This was before the news came out that Brees was limited in practice with a knee. Again, not reading a tremendous amount into it at this point. But uh, Brees back in the practice field and did his usual Wednesday duties with the media. And with that, we'll start to get now number nine's uh, outlook on the opponent this weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe they've won four of their last seven. They're, uh, I think, defensively, you know, I feel like they've always been a very kind of aggressive um, you know, a lot of movement, guys flying around, pressure packages, that kind of stuff. Got some really good players on defense um, uh, at all positions, you know, on their, their front four, their linebackers, and obviously in the secondary. Offensively, it seems like, you know, they've, they've hit their stride. Glennon's playing very well. Um, they're running the ball well. Um, obviously, they've got some big play threats. So, you know, I think they're a team that's kind of found their own, you know, if they, as they've gotten towards the end of the season here, and, you know, they're playing well. Of course, the Saints and the Bucks played a squeaker earlier in the season. The Bucks now have lost two straight in their most recent stretch and three of their last four. They still have a formidable few on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm sure Breeze will be very aware of where those individuals line up come Sunday afternoon. Uh, this weekend will also be the second straight start for Teron Armstead uh, in protecting Drew Breeze's uh, backside. And uh, while there were some uh, shaky moments last weekend, it seems that most around the uh, Saints camp we're pretty pleased with young Mr. Armstead's first start. We'll get another go at it this weekend. Here's Drew Brees on his newest lineman in front of him. I think he's coming along great. I'm excited for his opportunity. You know, um, I think, you know, people are going to look into it how they won as far as last game goes. I mean, he, he, I thought he played extremely well. I thought he played against a, a very tough pass rush, some really good pass rushers. And, listen, some of those sacks were on me, just getting the ball out, you know. But I think all in all, I love the look in his eye throughout the week, his preparation in the game day. You know, just the kind of the ebb and flow of the game, you know, where, hey, you know, you're going to get beat from time to time, and then next play he's 20 yards down the field, you know, um, uh, pancaking a guy, you know. And, and so I thought he bowed up and played, you know, very well. He's still young. He's still raw, still learning, you know, and is only going to get better with experience. But, um, you know, this is how it goes. You know, I, I think all the, all, you know, everybody who's been here in the past, Jermon Bushrod, Streif, and others, you know, you – they grow, they develop with, with reps, with live action. Of course, sacks are a big conversation right now surrounding the Saints quarterback, and that, I guess, stems from the, uh, the talk around Terrell Armstead. But the overall offensive line this year has taken some hits, uh, whether it be about the Saints' run game or how many times Drew Brees has not been knocked down, sacked this year, which those numbers are up a little bit. But when talking about all these factors um, – Breeze was quick to defend his offensive line yesterday and said that perhaps the amount of criticism that the offensive line is getting is somewhat unwarranted. That's unfair. Um, 
like I said, you throw in all the factors, you know, of me hanging in there trying to trying to get some balls down the field, taking more sacks than I have, you know, that's on me. Not throwing the ball away maybe. Um, but then there have been those times where you hang on to it and you do get the big play. So it's give and take. Um, I think our guys up front have played great. I think they've done a great job of allowing us to be balanced. Um, our run game numbers, I think um, this year, especially at times when, you know, maybe we might have abandoned it. I think we've really stuck with it. I think those guys, guys have done a great job. I think the backs have done a great job. Um, I just think, uh, you know, because of me maybe hanging on to it a little bit longer than usual has caused those numbers to be up a little bit. All right, so interesting stuff there from the uh, Saints captain, number nine, uh, back at it on the practice field today. Uh, later on today, uh, John DeShazer will have a complete wrap-up from Saints uh, camp. And, of course, uh, the Thursday injury report will be released on NewOrleansSaints.com later on today. Saints and Buccaneers this weekend. Our conversation continues about the big ball game this Sunday when we visit uh, behind the enemy lines, as they say, Andrew Asselford, who covers the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Fox Sports Florida is our guest as we continue on the Black and Blue Report after these messages. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge, your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. A bit later, the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, will join us. But here now, joining us from the great state of Florida, Andrew Asselford, who is covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now for Fox Sports Florida. Andrew, happy holidays. Good morning. Good morning to you. Happy holidays as well. Thank you, sir. Um, I know that you have New Orleans ties. I don't know if there's any folks who are listening today that will remember you, but you did spend a a little bit of time here with the times picking you and our good friend Doug Tatum, didn't you? I did. It was a great time. I graduated college in late 2009, moved down to New Orleans for a few months and caught the high wave of that postseason run and Super Bowl time, such a magical time. Fell in love with the city a lot and uh, miss it a lot as well. Tampa's great, but there's something special about New Orleans in a lot of ways, and I sure do miss the city. Let's start, Andrew, with the uh, storylines on this Thursday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they get ready to travel to New Orleans this weekend. What are the big stories uh, as we get further into the week here? Well, the main thing is just the big Greg Schiano wash, and that's been something that's kind of followed everyone who's been around the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers all year. Of course, you know, they got off that horrific 0-8 start, really struggled to have any continuity. They had the Josh Freeman drama going on and then the MRSA situation, really unfortunate. Uh, health scare that, of course, affected Carl Nix, a former Saints player, one of three players to be involved with that. So, so it's been an odd year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but at this point it's about Greg Schiano's future and that, has he done enough to deserve another year there. And I think that's still up in the air. We don't know. Uh, all of us around the team are still 
kind of 50-50 about whether Greg Schiano will come back, and I think it would have helped him a lot to get a win in St. Louis last week. That's a beatable team. Even though it's on the road, it's not that hostile of an environment there in that dome, but of course they fell short and looked pretty bad doing it. They gave up you know, seven sacks to that pretty good defensive line with the Rams led by Robert Quinn, but you know, rookie quarterback Mike Glennon looked pretty rough in that game. And uh, Greg Schiano's future is tied to Mike Glennon, perhaps general manager Mark Dominic as well. This is a group that has really you know, tied their future to Mike Glennon and this quarterback they drafted in the third round out of North Carolina State. And if he does well, you know, that group will look well and possibly come back. But he's kind of had a rough ride here recently. December has not been kind to him after he kind of broke out with a strong November with, uh, you know, winning three of their four games there in that run. But, you know, recently it's been a tough road for them, and that doesn't bode well for Greg Schiano. Yeah, let me quote you from your uh, story from this past weekend. Uh, Rams 23-13 uh, to 13 bludgeoning of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a score – that was far from indicative of how Quinn and the other members of the Rams' defense treated an overmatched Bucks line in the second half. Andrew, this is a Bucks team that actually had gained some momentum there in the middle of the season. Why did it turn back around the other direction? Well, I think the competition has something to do with it. You know, they beat some you know, pretty bad teams in like Atlanta, and at the time they played Miami, they were struggling with the Jonathan Martin situation. They faced Miami during the week like right after that happened. So that was kind of fortunate for the Bucks right there. Miami was a very distracted team going into that game. and But they beat a capable Detroit team on the road there, and uh, Mike Glennon looked really well, you know, looked good doing that in that game. But, you know, then they ran into a Carolina team that handled them 27-6, to and then they came home, beat a bad Buffalo team, but then they faced the San Francisco 49ers who just whipped them 33-14, to and then they went on the road against St. Louis there. So it's just a team that lost momentum, and they've been an inconsistent group all year, and they've struggled with some injuries as well. You have you know, Doug Martin who's been out a while. You've had Mike Williams, the number two wide receiver, who's been out a while. You've had just Vincent Jackson as their top target, but behind him, you know, they've had to rely on somebody like Tim Wright, who is a converted wide receiver, has become now a tight end. So they've had a lot of issues is trying to get some continuity there on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has always kind of been there. Uh, this is a group led by Levante David at linebacker and Gerald McCoy there, a defensive tackle, two guys who I think should be pro bowlers in my mind. We'll see when those are announced, but those are two studs right there. They've kind of led this defense all year, and so they have a capable defense, but the offense has just been you know, horrendous for them for most of the season. You're looking at a group that's just averaging above 18 points per game. That's 29 from league yards. Just 276.1, that's 32nd in the league. So this is a, an offense that struggles to produce, and you know, we've seen that all year, dating back even you know, to Josh Freeman time when he was starter there. Just you know, He wasn't able to get the job done, and they made the right move, I believe, to move past him. And obviously, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, turned out to be the case with you know, Josh Freeman not doing much in Minnesota since then. But you know, this is a team that you know, just ran out of momentum, and it's since had time as well, just one and three in December, and that's not good enough. Andrew Asselford, our guest from Fox Sports Florida. Andrew, the Saints go into this weekend playing not only for a playoff spot, but possible seeding uh, scenarios as well. Um, I read earlier today that the Buccaneers, certainly, and you kind of touched upon this, uh, have some pride that they'd like to take care of in their last regular season game. And then the future of Mike Cunning at quarterback and Greg Schiano as the head coach. Is that enough to offset the, uh, the motivation that the Saints seemingly have going into a home game on Sunday? I think the Saints are in a really good position. Like you said, they have all the motivation in the world to 
you know, really jump on top of this Buccaneers team, which has struggled, you know, to produce anything in the second half of late. So if the Saints can get off to an early lead there in the first half and have a comfortable lead going into halftime, I think the Saints will be secure and you know, coming through with a victory in this. The Bucks haven't been blown out a lot this year. I mean, by blowout, I mean they've you know been competitive in the fourth quarter in a lot of games this year. Some of those scores are misleading, but. You know, this is a game that I think could get out of hand for the Bucks pretty quickly because the Saints, of course, need a win to lock up a playoff spot. And if, you know, the Bucks aren't focused at all at the beginning of this game, they could be in trouble really quickly. So, you know, if I had to predict, I'd think the Bucks, you know, if they don't get out of the middle of the second quarter in this game, I think they're in big trouble to really get run off the field. And this is a game, from my perspective, that says, you know, blow a blowout for the Saints written all over it. So, you know, I think the Bucks. this is a must-win game for Greg Schiano in my mind, to have any kind of security going into the offseason. Like I said earlier, it's kind of 50-50 from, from my perspective if he'll return. So, of course, the win would serve him well. But, you know, I think this is a tall order for this Tampa Bay team to go into a Superdome with an angry Saints team that's looking for a win to lock up a postseason berth and could spell trouble for Tampa Bay. Interesting stuff, Andrew, and I know Saints fans are happy to hear you kind of characterize the game in that way, uh, but before I let you go, is there perhaps is there perhaps an X factor, anything out there that, that you see in covering that team on a daily basis that would give Bucks fans some sense of hope uh, going into Sunday? Uh, it's kind of hard to find given where they're going. I mean, one thing you could – look at is they did play the Saints tough and it was a long time ago of course in week two but that was a game where Drew Brees had to drive down the field there at the end and put up a touchdown in order to win that game and so you know this is a team that uh you know was able to play the Saints really well there in Tampa but I'm just looking at this Bucks team right now and they're kind of limping through December and I don't think this is a team that can really be competitive with the Saints, given the situation, given you know how much is at stake for New Orleans in this game. So I think it's going to take a monumental effort, especially by that Bucks defense, to limit Drew Brees in that dome and keep the Saints under 21 points. I think you know if they, the Saints score three touchdowns, it's going to be tough for the Bucks to match that, just given what I've seen from this offense lately in Tampa Bay. So, you know, I, I think this is a tall task for Mike Glennon making his first start in the Superdome to go down there in that environment as a rookie and try to get the job done. Given how much he struggled in St. Louis recently and all throughout December, I think this is a tall order for the Bucks, and they could be in trouble on Sunday. That's Andrew Asselford. He's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat for Fox Sports Florida. How can NFL fans, Andrew, follow you on Twitter? My Twitter handle is Asselford. It's A-A-S. T-L-E-F-O-R-D. Good stuff. Enjoy the football this weekend, and I appreciate you coming on the show with us today. No worries. Thanks a lot. appreciate it. Jim Henderson, voice of the New Orleans Saints, joins us after a quick timeout as the Black and Blue Report on this Thursday continues. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. 
And at the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is, I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems. Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. A little Pelicans basketball later on in the program, but we'll wrap up our Saints and Bucks conversation for this Thursday with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, who was uh, gracious enough to stop by again here on a Thursday. Merry Christmas, Jim. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, Sean. Thank you, sir. Uh, the family will be all around this week as we go along, I'm sure. Uh, it will be a bit of a turnstile at the door there. <laughs> yeah, we've got, uh, we still haven't celebrated our Christmas. We'll do it Saturday and uh, with at least half the family, the other half's involved in a bowl game out in Fort Worth. So won't see them, won't see the daughter and the, the three boys and the husband this year around Christmas time. But that's football, you know. Football takes precedence over everything in the Henderson household for about six months. No doubt. And we've got one more regular season game to go. And, uh, boy, there's plenty on the line, Jim, as you look at not only the Saints and Buccaneers for this weekend and what it means to the black and gold, but around the NFL itself. I think the NFL uh, league office in New York and fans across the country ought to be awfully pleased at how many things have so much meeting this weekend. Yeah, and this is something the NFL decided to do a couple of years ago to have more uh, division games at the end of the season. Of course, last week the Saints played Carolina, and this week they'll play Tampa. And that was the whole idea, to get away from games that would involve teams whose final game was meaningless for them. They wanted to have more and more meaningful games at the end of the season. It's really worked out this year, especially in the NFC. Jim, in studying this week, uh, one quickly notices how much better the Saints are at home. Obviously, the record tells us that. But offensively, the Saints are two touchdowns better at home than they are on the road. And defensively, the Saints seem to be about a touchdown better at home as opposed to away as well. I can't remember, and you've been doing this a lot longer than me, but I can't remember such a discrepancy, almost three scores between home and road performance for an NFL team. Yeah, I would agree. And, um, you know, the Saints obviously undefeated at home, and you should have a home field advantage. Most teams around the NFL do. Uh, and you go on the road, and as I mentioned last week, uh, the idea is to win all eight at home and split on the road, and then you end up 12-4, and four, and you should be pretty much right where you want to be. And the Saints haven't been able to accomplish that on the road, but they certainly have at home. And like you say, they're about 15 points better offensively at, at home than they are on the road. And the Bucks, meanwhile, are 1-6 on the road, while the Saints are 7-0 at home. And that, I think, gives you perhaps more confidence than, um, than the way the Saints have been playing recently would allow. Jim, in your eyes, how steady are the Saints going into the final regular season game? I think it remains to be seen. I mean, this has been on the line for the last two weeks, and they haven't been able to respond, though they certainly played a lot better in Carolina. That that loss to the Rams is just inexcusable, and that's going to haunt them, I think, um, for quite some time. But uh, they played much better against Carolina, but still in defeat, and each of those games, of course, were on the road. So um, with what they know is on the line this time, which could be uh, – the second seed in the NFC, although probably doubtful unless Carolina trips up against Atlanta. And they've had some problems. I think Carolina's 0-5 against the Falcons in Atlanta down through the last uh, five years. But, of course, both these teams, Atlanta and Carolina, in different places than they've been recently. So, in all likelihood, the Saints are going to have to win and uh, to make the playoff as a wild card or 
perhaps uh, also make it if they should lose with an Arizona loss against the 49ers. Uh, So much has happened since the last meeting between the Saints and Buccaneers, Jim, at least on the Tampa Bay side, a quarterback change, an injury to their starting running back on the defensive side, uh, Nixon bruises over there. Um, Is there anything that we can draw from the uh, thrilling game that these two games, these two teams played back in Tampa Bay earlier this fall? Well, I think what you said was uh, is going to be the theme of this game, and that's how many changes have taken place on Tampa Bay's offense because of injury and ineffectiveness. I mean, as I get my charts together based on the second week, I have all sorts of places to, to fill in with new players. And as I go through it now, I mean, they pretty much just got Vincent Jackson uh, in their passing game as a wide receiver. They've got other guys named Chris Owusu, Eric Page, Taekwon Underwood we've seen a little bit of, Sky Dawson and they've lost both of their uh, top two tight ends. In fact, they have three tight ends on injured reserve. Uh, They've lost uh, their number one running back in Doug Martin. Um, They're down a couple of people there. Glennon replaces Josh Freeman. So this is an almost totally rebuilt offense for the Bucs. Meanwhile, the defense is pretty much what, what it was, and that's pretty darn good. They've got an excellent player up front in Gerald McCoy, nine sacks as a defensive tackle. He probably deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. Levante David, their weak side linebacker, is having a tremendous year, and they've got Deshaun Goldson at free safety. And uh, Darrell Revis, even though he admits that he's not all the way back from that uh, knee injury, has, I think, only allowed three touchdown passes all year long. So defensively, they remain uh, a real force. Offensively, they've, they've really struggled. Glennon's really struggled recently and was sacked seven times last week against the Rams, three times by Robert Quinn, who apparently is a pretty good player. I think uh, Charles Brown would testify to that <laughs> no doubt um on the uh, on the saints front jim when you look at the the news surrounding kenny vaccaro and the transaction yesterday and and even the rumble of the drew Brees situation with regard to being listed as limited yesterday um what what sticks out as they prepare for tampa bay on the new orleans side of the football most to you here in the final week of the regular season well let's see if teron armstead uh against a pretty good front can play better than he did a week ago and um, let's see how banged up Drew is, and hopefully not not much. Certainly he's going to play, and uh, he'll play through injury he has in the past. He always downplays that sort of thing. But, um, you know, that, those changes along the offensive line. You know, another thing, Sean, I was thinking about this morning, when you look around the NFC South, uh, almost every team, I think, is going to have to look for offensive line help. And, in fact, uh, three out of these four teams, and that would be uh, the Saints and, and the Falcons and the Bucks have all pulled offensive linemen starters in the course of the game because they played so poorly. Atlanta's got a, a really bad offensive line with a lot of injuries and uncertainty. They've probably got to go high in the draft for an offensive lineman. Tampa Bay's offensive line has been lousy. Uh, Jamon Meredith, their left guard, was pulled in the course of that game against the Rams last week for ineffectiveness. And we also, of course, know what happened with the Saints and how they reshuffled their offensive line against the Rams when they were playing so poorly. Uh, in fact, even Carolina has been, has been playing with a, a right guard who, for the most part, is a converted defensive tackle. So it's going to be interesting, I think, in the draft to see how many offensive linemen there are out there and how quickly the teams in the NFC South go after them. Let's talk about players who've had a great season. If I'm not mistaken, Jim, I think the uh, Pro Bowl rosters are announced uh, later on tomorrow. On the New Orleans Saints side, who's deserving of going to the Pro Bowl this year in your eyes? Well, I'd say Cam Jordan, certainly. Um, Drew will probably go again. He's been to five straight of them. 
Uh, Marcus Colston deserves to go, but there's so many good players at that position, he probably won't. Jimmy Graham is an absolute shoe-in. So I would say those are the people that come to mind most readily. Um, and, and certainly Cam Jordan deserves deserves a shot, a chance to go for the first time. So those are the people that come to mind most readily. They've talked about Keenan Lewis uh, as a cornerback, getting some support, but really only has three interceptions. And while he's been steady for the Saints, his stats don't jump out at you. So I would expect those are the people that would get the most consideration. Good stuff right there, no doubt. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. Our uh, our game is uh, uh, coming to a close here with regard to, uh, as you put it, words with friends uh, broadcast style. Uh, for those who have not uh, heard us each and every week, um, Jim gives me a word that I need to work into the, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans broadcast, and therefore I give him uh, something uh, less than spectacular to work into the Saints broadcast each week. Uh, Jim, how did uh, we do with Phil? Yes, sir. Uh, your, your word last week, uh, Phila, what was it again? Uh, Phila Pendulous. Phila Pendulous was a heck of a word, and I, I, I let you down. I, I, I failed you. I, I forgot to use it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, so, of course, uh, that that means hanging by a thread, um, which was almost yeah. fitting last week. It would have been. I mean, at the end of that game, if their their chances to, to be the number two seed and to, to win the NFC South would truly have been Philip Angeles. There's no doubt. Um, so I guess you had the option you, this week. What's that? Yeah. Did you work uh, oleaginous into your broadcast? I, I did get oleaginous in, uh, and I used it uh, when Ryan Anderson got teed up the other night. Um, and that uh, he was uh, talking with the officials after that incident in, in a rather oleaginous way. So um, I thought that was uh, pretty good, and, uh, and a little tip of the cap to Eddie Haskell, who probably fits that term more than anybody else. So, Jim? Well, what do you got for me this week? I've got, I've got a pretty interesting and easy one for you, actually. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's see. You can either work in Philip Angeles, if you like, again, or um, you may use uh, this week's word, which is uh, jargoggle. Jargoggle? Jargoggle, um, which means to confuse or bamboozle. Um, so, uh, yes. J-A-R-G-O-G-G-L-E? Uh, just, uh, just the uh, one G at the end there. J-A-R-G-O-G-L-E. G-O-G-L-E. Yes, sir. Jargoggle? Gogol, goggle, um, it's hard to find a pronunciation from a word that was more commonly used in the 1690s. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good word. I'm, mm-hmm. So I really would have the option of either using that or philopendulous? I think both words would probably fit in some way in the broadcast on Sunday. Well, do, I have to, I don't, do I have to use them both to get back even with you, or do I, oh. can I just use one? Well, uh, 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 dealer's choice there, my friend. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll, I'll figure that out. Now, here's right. my word for you. I was reading this uh, review of the new movie out with uh, Sly Stallone and Robert De Niro and Grudge Match or something like that where they reprise their old boxing characters. And the reviewer uh, referred to one of the scenes as skeevy. 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 That's K-E-E-V-Y. Skeevy. And once you look it up, you should find... Uh, ample opportunities to work this into a broadcast. Excellent, excellent. Um, I will look forward to that challenge uh, starting tomorrow night against the Denver Nuggets. So, uh, 325 for you on Sunday. Uh, congratulations on reaching the end of another regular season. I hope that we're talking playoff football perhaps a week from today. I agree. I'll be here if we are. 
All right, congratulations, and again, happy holidays to you, sir. I hope that you have a great time with your family as the week progresses. Thanks a lot, Sean. Good to hear from you again. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, here with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll turn our attention to the basketball side of things with the Pelicans in just a moment. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We invite you to follow this program on Twitter. You can go to at Black Blue Report. That's at Black Blue Report uh, to get all the latest to show news and lineup changes. And producer Dan does a good job of keeping us up to speed on that. Or you can follow me personally at Sean Kelly Live. That's at Sean Kelly Live. Good show today. A lot of Saints and Bucks talk. Had Jim Henderson on. I want to thank him. Andrew Asselford from Fox Sports Florida. Drew Brees and Sean Payton, too. But here in our final segment, let's turn our attention to Pelicans basketball for a moment. Pelicans are just now off of a 10-day, five-game road trip. They won the finale at Sacramento. So perhaps take a little momentum into a home game tomorrow night against the Denver Nuggets. New Orleans now finds itself at 12-14. and 14, And these uh, next two games will be very difficult. But I think... Uh, uh, the Pelicans are in a good spot, especially with Denver here tomorrow night for a 7 o'clock tip-off. Then the back-to-back continues at the Houston Rockets on Saturday night. I had a chance at the end of the road trip to catch up with Joel Myers of Fox Sports New Orleans and Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com to put a wrap on the most recent five-game road trip. All right, Joel Myers, let's start with you. When you look back on the last uh, ten days five games what's your biggest takeaway from the pelicans most recent road trip out west uh, the overall medal of the squad the intestinal fortitude the way they, they battled uh, their final game in sacramento when they could have been you know body language could have been down they had almost won in portland that was there for the taking so lillard hit that three head of the key about a minute to play and the pels were up at the point by two he gave them a one point lead and, and it got away a young team that's growing together a really good group of guys that will grow together and mature so uh, I like what they've got building right now. Jim I can offer what about you? I thought it was great to see the last few games the team at full strength it's been something that has been so rare this year that we've actually been able to see the the full complement of players I mean I thought going back to the Clippers game they played pretty well they played really well in Portland but still came away with a loss and then just seemed to keep building on that by coming through with a really nice win at Sacramento so just just seeing the team at full strength is something that uh, I was excited to watch. You know, Jim, I mentioned the win, Joel, uh, at Sacramento, and it's a one-and-four road trip, but yet winning that last one, it kind of gives the team a little bounce, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no question. And and let's face it, it was there for the taking in Denver. Neither team played that well. It went back and forth, and both teams were hitting the low percentage, so that was there for the taking. The team maybe that is playing as well as any team in the Western Conference, Portland, they matched up very well with. 
So there's a lot of good things to take away from the trip, despite the fact they're only one in four. Um, just like, and, and especially with Brian Roberts helping out in the fourth quarter, taking the ball away from Drew, taking some of the pressure off Drew Holiday where he could do things off the ball. That's an interesting look. So Brian Roberts doesn't have to be a shooter all the time. He only had one turnover in 20 minutes. So little things that you can draw from to build on. And now Denver on Friday the 27th is going to be huge. Yeah, Joel, when you look at Denver and then it's you're bouncing back and forth between home and road. Here we're riding the bus to the airport. I do feel like we're entering a new phase of the season here. Yeah, and, and I think the, the club is growing as you enter that new phase because there's a back-to-back right in front of them. And, they, and let's face it, they know they match up okay with Denver. And now with uh, Agensa coming and matching up with Timothy Mozgov, he wasn't there for the first one, all of a sudden that length helps. And, and he showed in the fourth quarter what he can do if he can stay on the floor and stay out of foul trouble. So there's a lot of pluses. And, and remember, this group hasn't been together that long. And, and Jim had mentioned for for getting to know each other on the floor, they definitely haven't had that many minutes together as a group. All right, Jim, final thought for you. Tyreek Evans returned to Sacramento. What did you think? I mean, it was uh, it was funny. I thought it was really about the best you could expect for a guy going back to play against his former team. It was amazing how how gracious the Kings were, how, how welcoming the fans were. I mean, it was... It was really impressive to see just the reception that he had and how how uh, loved he was. So, and then if you then you add in how the way he played, he probably had his best game of the season. So it was just a really really nice night for him and 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 great to see. Gentlemen, happy holidays. Here's to a good one on Friday night. Yeah, a win on Friday night. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sean. All right, guys, thank you very much. That little roundtable visit, by the way, is a part of tonight's Monty Williams Radio Show. That comes your way on the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network flagship station, 105.3 WWL-FM. You'll hear that, a recap of last week's games, and an extensive visit with head coach Monty Williams. It all comes your way at 8 Central tonight on the Monty Williams Show. All right, gang, we'll see you tomorrow right back here at noon central for our Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com, among others, for tomorrow's show. We'll, of course, be previewing the Pelicans and Nuggets and the Saints and Buccaneers. For Producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Don't forget to check NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com for ongoing news later on this particular day. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.